Hey guys, welcome to episode 144 of the podcast with my lovely, charming, wonderful, and amazing guest, Molly Quinn, whom I am very excited to be hanging out with uh, in May in Australia and New Zealand. If you guys follow the Thrilling Adventure Hour, you know that they just recently announced that we will be uh, doing some shows over there. Uh, Y'all who listen to the podcast, yeah, that's right, I said y'all. I just spent some time with a beautiful southern girl. What do you expect? Uh, If you follow uh, the podcast, you know that I had an extraordinary time there a couple of years ago, and I'm so, so excited to go back. Um, I want to get some shout outs in, guys. Uh, On Facebook, I want to thank Chris and Sandra and Jillian and Abe for your comments and notes. Um, I want to thank on Twitter. Yeah, that's right. Twitter, guys. I actually collected some Twitter shout outs. I want to get out there to Mary, Aaron, Jimmy, Catherine, Hallie, Chris, Jen, Caro for uh, also enjoying cute, tiny things. I want to thank uh, Coralie for your email. I want to thank Matt for your email. Uh, my fellow son of perdition. Um, I'm not a son. Listen, guys, I'm a daughter, but you know what's up. Uh, Andrew, I want to thank you for your email. Uh, Chiaki in New Zealand, I want to thank you so much for your email. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get a chance to uh, to meet while I'm there. And then um, before the, the New Zealand and Australia trips, uh, I'll be at South by Southwest the weekend of March... 13th, 14th, 15th. Um, I will be at the Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle uh, the weekend of March 28th. I will be at Haven Con in Austin, Texas on the weekend of April 4th. Uh, that's busy, guys. That's some. That's a lot of traveling. Um, uh, so hopefully I'll get to see some of you guys uh, in person while I'm out there. Um, I hope all's well with everybody. I want to th- again thank the um, those of you who are participating and helping out with the Pinterest account. Uh, I will also throw out there that I do have a few JV Club t-shirts left. I have men's larges and mediums and i have women's larges left and uh, if you're interested just uh, send me an email at janet at janetvarney.com we will work it out via paypal and uh, that's it guys thank you so much and i'll talk to you soon bye now entering nerdist.com terrible way to introduce your podcast no, which is to not, say it's, it's perfect it's honest listen it's just a bunch of bullshit so you want to hold your microphone like you know you're doing a show apologies okay. for that but you'll get used to it it'll all be okay I'm okay if you lower it too much it'll deliver an electric shock to your system to remind you that i'm just totally oh, kidding I was, <laughs> <laughs> what I was like i'm not gonna test this. i need you to keep it right up close to your okay. mouth or you will get a very severe electric <laughs> shock and I'll have to take you to the hospital, but it's very important that the sound of my podcast be good. All right. So All you right. can understand. It's science. Important it's business. just plain old science. Um, my favorite thing so far about our correspondence uh, leading up to the podcast was me asking you for a teen picture and a current picture, which very frequently, with few exceptions... Is like I'm asking someone in their late 20s, late 30s, late 40s, <laughs> right. and I get this. For those of you who are listening to this podcast, I get uh, the most adorable text. It's like, so like last year versus this year? 
or and I was like, nah, that's fair. That's very fair. But yeah, the idea is to sort of like draw the furthest distance between, you know, where you are now and kind of where you we started out mm-hmm. as an adolescent. But uh, you're still a delightful youngster. Um, I said that like I was 70 years old. Um, which one which one did you get? I had my, I don't know which one I sent you. Uh, you sent me, I mean, like a, a pink dress, right? I think, it's like well, it's pilot. most, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, good. But you good. know what? It's still been a while. Like, it's I definitely, been a while. I see the maturity in your face from, from the beginning to the end, from the, from the last picture to the current picture. I was at, um, there's this great shoe store called Lush on Venture Boulevard, and I went in there looking, um, for a very specific pair of shoes for the Australian New Zealand thing we're doing with yeah. Darling Venture Hour. And I saw these great, really tall, very much stripper boots, but I like kind of wearing <laughs> shoes like that on occasion. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at them, and granted, I kind of look like I do now, so you know I'm in, you know, no makeup, hair in a ponytail, you know, sweatpants. And uh, my mom's with me, and we're like, oh, yeah, these might be great, this, that. And the, the woman who was working there comes out, and she's like, oh, yeah, you you can't wear those. I mean, Mom, I'm totally with you. She should not have those. Oh, no. And I just kind of paused it and say anything. And she's like, so are, are you here looking for homecoming shoes or, or prom? And I was like, oh, she oh. she thinks I'm like 15. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, great. I don't yeah, have a yeah, problem yeah, with it. Yeah. But it, funny things like that do still happen. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and also, like, as soon as you're put next to your parent then I think age in someone's mind naturally drops even further because right. they're just like, okay, I'm going parent. way young because you're with your parent. Yeah. yeah. Because no one's friends with their parents. No I mean, you don't just... one's friends with their parents. <laughs> it is cool that you guys get to spend uh, time together and, uh, and, and be in the same place and sort of have that relationship. I know, you know, we've traveled together mm-hmm. and, and your mom is like, it's such a spitfire. I mean, <laughs> oh, in yeah. the best Southern way. Yeah. But she's great. Like mm-hmm. my mom would never she's my mom is a total hermit i mean these guys i'm not gonna like tell tales about my mom but um she's just not that person you know she never would have been i mean she was like a huge traveler back in the day but we just didn't have the kind of relationship that you and your mom have and Mm -hmm. so i had it with my dad like he could have done that right but um yeah it's just funny to imagine like my mom sort of being like your mom. I feel like my mom would be like, oh, you, I don't know. <laughs> what is this, this hotel room? I don't know. Like, She's she's wonderful. I, the first thing my mother said to me when we moved out here, um, my father, like we literally just packed everything into our first one-bedroom apartment, which was weird for both of us because you know, my mother really fought and got her education and, you know, took care of herself and then met my dad. So, you know, really worked it having a very prosperous life. So for her to be back in a very small apartment and for me, my first time being in a small apartment, it, it, I don't know how to explain it. It was weird. Yeah. But so we're unpacking some stuff. And my dad had literally just left. She turns around like quicker than humanly possible, gets down eye level with me, points her finger and goes, there will be no rebellion. Oh, <laughs> all right. All right. And all right. I knew if I stepped, you know, a toenail <laughs> over an eighth of the line, I would be, you know, yeah. back in Texarkana. Oh my gosh. Which it wouldn't be a bad thing, but you right. know, for right. what we were doing. And how old were you? I was about 12 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there. And I know there we talked no about this. I, like, I've, I all of this is sort of tucked away in my mind because I know we talked about mm-hmm. it. Um, I probably when we were in Chicago together, but I. But uh, so you'll have to indulge me. But this this was specifically for like we're going to come out so you can pursue acting in a more 
uh, ardent way than you could, you know, in Texarkana. Sure. It, it was more of, you know, I'd been studying since I was six um, just for fun. Like it was the most fulfilling thing for me to do because I did dance and I still play violin and I uh, tried to do art and uh, none of it was really enough. So when this old, you know, acting coach retired in Texarkana and we met and it all worked out, it was wonderful. And, and there was really no end goal with it. It was just for fun. And Which that's kind of a great yeah and that's kind of why i want to explain that because also it wasn't most six-year-olds when they go into classes um and even until you're in your kind of tweens like it's a lot of improv games and you're not doing anything serious but he was a very serious coach i mean i was reading uda hoggins you know work of an actor and oh my gosh yeah that's amazing monologues from like interview with a vampire he let me do whatever (laughs) i wanted it was fantastic yeah and so then I ended up in Dallas um, doing a little summer movie camp because I had been pestering my parents for an agent, not knowing what it was, just knowing that I wanted one. Yeah, that's um, a thing. It's connected it's to this. Thing. It means somebody who would help me get to do more of this fun stuff. Yes, yeah, so what I thought they were is someone who just got you jobs. Right. Like they just called you like, hey, you're, you're going to Africa right. to do this. <laughs> There's no audition Auditioning process. Auditioning was not a thing. I <laughs> yeah, no yeah, idea yeah. what that was. But so uh. I got there, um, ended up there right when they were doing a uh, agent showcase. And so the woman who ran the whole program was like look you know her whole spiel i usually don't do this you know you have to be in my school for three years but right. i've never met a more talented mm-hmm. child than mom you know that whole thing so i met cindy osbrink um she signed me my yeah, dad Osbrink's like very famous for having young people, yeah right? they're yeah. excellent and i remember seeing her picture along with the two other great agents who were coming and i just knew like i just knew that's i literally pointed at her picture on the wall and was like that's who I'm going to be with to myself. Yeah. Um, and that worked out, but my dad wouldn't let me come out unless I got work first. Um, and he kind of went back on a promise. He always said I could go, you know, if, uh, if I got an agent. So anyway, unfazed, I called Sydney. I was like, Hey, you got to get some, got to get some work. <laughs> and uh, she was like, no problem. Uh, God, two months later or so, I booked a uh, Saved by the Bell remake for Disney Channel. That's how I got out here. Yeah. I didn't tell anyone I wasn't going to do it. Because there was no way in H-E double hockey sticks <laughs> I was going to do that. Um, but I waited until we unpacked oh, everything. wow. Listen to you, you little sneak. It's so... But, like, Only for time you to I've have ever that done kind that. of... I mean, I just think it's amazing. Like, everything that you're saying, uh, and I'm sure that the listeners are thinking this, too, is, like, there's just a lot of maturity there, which isn't to say that it's, you know that that has to be a reflection of like your overall like that you weren't a normal six-year-old or you weren't a normal 12-year-old or Mm -hmm. whatever but to have that i'm sure people have commented on it before to sort of have those little wisdoms in that way where Mm -hmm. you're like i mean kids are good manipulators and i don't mean that and if that like it's i mean that in a very gentle loving way like that's when we learn to do that really early you know it's like that's mom says no you go to dad exactly and like my parents who have young children who are really watching their development like from toddler to like you know three four five years old where they see Mm -hmm. the the like the inner workings of lying starting to happen Mm -hmm. where like you know you're like did you break this and there's like a five minute pause (laughs) where you see like you could see your child thinking like i could say i didn't but i did do it (laughs) and they have no sense that the time is passing so when they're finally like no (laughs) the parent is like that's adorable you little liar yeah exactly but you know to know even that you didn't want to do that job you know there would be kids who would be like a job's a job you know what i mean like people my age would say a job's a job so to have those 
understandings like do you think it was because you were so classically trained and you kind of understood quality oh no I, I don't I don't think so I mean I I grew up watching pretty adult films like I was very young when I saw Gladiator and you know Dracula with Gary Oldman was my favorite movie like these very yeah. um adultish you know to, to definitely I shouldn't have, I really shouldn't have been watching them at my age but I don't think that had anything to do with them and people do say like oh you're so mature like these wisdoms and I'm like no I think what it was is that I was very much a child and I was raised in a very secure environment and I felt like I could do anything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it was more the security and like I said being very much a 12 year old and being like oh, the sky's the limit. My parents support me. I can do everything. Now I'm very much that a job's a job. Right, right. <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, I think it was not being mature. I think it was being a child but what and a having great, that faith. Yeah, I mean, but like that's, and that's the con, that's sort of the flip side of the argument that I think gets made and I say about myself, and of course it's very easy to have, you know, not even hindsight, but just be like, well, I came out when I was supposed to, you came out when you were supposed mm-hmm, to, that sort of thing. But that, you know, people who are like, oh, I wouldn't want my kid to get into show business because it's so painful or da 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 But it feels like you kind of had this nice balance of like the experience of being really fun, doing it in a place that is definitely not Los Angeles mm-hmm. and, and there's still just like an enjoyment factor to it, but it was something you could develop a seriousness about very mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. for that reason and not have it be so commercial. Right. And then, I mean, it just feels like the timing and again, your upbringing was so key and, you yeah. know, having that first, and I kind of feel like in a way I had the same experience, even though I was in my twenties mm-hmm. because it was the same thing where it was like, well, I don't really know how this all works. So I guess I'll just say no to stuff or you know what I mean <laughs> I just won't feel like auditioning felt like a fun thing oh, so much fun you know I it was like auditioning. oh I had grown-up jobs leading up to that so mm-hmm. I was like all you need me to do is read <laughs> these pages this is really fun this is like a hobby exactly you know and yeah. so I think having that soft landing not to be too hippie about it but where you kind of can be that person and then over time kind mm-hmm. of go, oh, so I was really lucky and I yeah. should be grateful for that and I should, you know, mm-hmm. honor that mm-hmm. and understand that like sometimes I will get anxious about how hard this is exactly. and all that kind of stuff, you know? I think, you know, and I think the most important thing, <clears throat> like you said about people saying, oh, I don't want their children to be in this, that and that and the other. I think it's important for parents to have that mentality. My parents in no way, you know, wanted me to be out right. here. My mother still asks me when I'm going to apply and go to University of Texas. Um, very specific. <laughs> very University specific. of Texas, that's... Um, but I think the most important thing, like if you notice that a child is developing interests toward it, put them in serious training. Um, don't throw them into these silly little improv classes. And I will call them silly little improv classes. Um, not only will they gain a much more mature understanding of the art, which you need because it is extremely competitive, no matter if you are six years old, 12 years old, 20 years old, 40 years old, but also they will either with that serious training realize, Oh, there is work that goes into this. I don't want to do this. It's not a game. Right. You know what I mean? You shouldn't treat it as a game really until you get older and you have all that seriousness done. Like now I go to improv classes and, it's fun, but since I have all that classical training, it's like, oh, I know how to actually apply this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that totally yeah. makes sense. That totally makes sense. It's that whole idea of sort of knowing all the rules so that then you can break them instead exactly. of starting out like, there's no rules, yay! Exactly, and then being yeah. blindsided and then yeah. getting to be in, you know, your, your you know, the 18-year-old range and being like, 
oh my god these people actually know what they're doing they've read Stanislavski and you know you yeah. know mammoth <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 well what do you think so when you were kind of getting that training I mean, I'm just interested because that's, of course, something I studied in college. I'm mm-hmm. saying, of course, like, you know, but like I just I was a theater major. And mm-hmm. so that was the stuff I was getting into in college. In high school, I was in theater, but it was like not, you know, nobody mm-hmm. was like really teaching me any of the fundamentals. Right. It was more just like, we're going to put this play on, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, I think what's mm-hmm. interesting about that is, you know, I mean, I don't, this is classic me, like not even knowing how to form a question, but the idea of identity okay, as a, well, <laughs> thank you. That is what matters. No, but like the idea of identity as a child versus identity as a teenager versus identity as an adult, there's such an interesting relationship to like a sense of self mm-hmm. and who you are versus who you'll be portraying and the lines blurring there and stuff like that and i'm so interested in the idea of really classical training like that um as a young child mm-hmm. kind of how what lens you looked at that through and i don't when it comes to character weird metaphysical question yeah i guess i mean because it's because we all play pretend as kids right and sure. then to have someone say well now listen this is there's that and that's very tied to this, mm-hmm. but this is a rigorous kind of series of mm-hmm. methods that these different people developed into how to not be that kid pretending anymore and to really develop Make it, it into, into something skill. artistic and yeah, right. and like a yeah, skill, exactly. I think that's a great question that I've actually never been asked before, so it's exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she gave me like a little complimentary nod. Like, good, good on you, Janet. Um, it's great because I'm really excited because I've never really talked about this before. Um, something that I'm I'm realizing now as I've been looking back because I think as professional actors we do a lot of reflecting or at least you should you know um, and it's very kind of self involved and you know a little egotistical but you do all the time. Um, <clears throat> and Martin Beck, who was my my mentor, my my first guy, the love of my life, um, he started me when I was that young, when I was six seven, uh, with animal study first and I of course didn't really know what we were doing at the time but what it was was he would say okay Molly you have to be a turtle and I'd come in and I'd have to be a turtle I'd get on the ground I'd play or I have to be a snake or a giraffe and this went on for a couple years and it was it was so much fun but getting into just the body making it so basic such a good point something yeah besides yourself and then growing that into and that's why like he he never said no to me so when I said like I want to do Brad Pitt's monologue from Interview with a Vampire. He was like, that's great. Do you know how to be a boy? And he would say, go watch your brothers. Go do this. Like, he started that so early and made it very much kind of um, made it a game. And so as I got older, it's so funny because, like you said, when I was young, it was fun and it was pretend. And it really allowed me to immerse myself because I also grew up in a very rural area. So there was – this is all – this is what I got to do all day. No one judged me. There was no nothing. I was out in my backyard or in a field or, you know, by a tree doing these things. Yeah. Um, And then when I got to be 12 or so, when my professional, if you will, career started, um, that did develop into character work with humans. (laughs) 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 And I still used animal study. I started saying, oh, well, 
what is this girl? Is she, she kind of seems like an alligator. Like I would use that. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. In, in the study. But what I noticed and what the big change was when I tried to apply it to humanity was I carried it around with me every day. Like I remember one of the first films I did was this movie, my one and only. And, um, my mother didn't want me to do it cause she was, um, it, she was like a 1950s bad girl, essentially. Like I had to bear my chest in the movie you know, that type of stuff. Um, and I smoked all the time. Mm. And so my mother actually taught me how to smoke with, you know, non, yeah. you know, with fake cigarettes. But I was a little terror for those months. I couldn't turn it off mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. With animal study, when I was that young, it just, it was, it was a game so I could turn it off. I didn't go around acting like I was an alligator all day. Right. <laughs> but applying the animal study and then putting it into humanity, I couldn't turn it off. Mm-hmm. And I really still have a problem doing that. Like I think now coming into my early 20s, I've gotten a lot better at turning it off, but I still catch myself. I'm like, oh, don't, why are you acting like a drug addict? Like the other day I was reading this script that I was going out for and the girl was addicted to speed, I think. And I literally was shaking and I was walking around the house and I was picking out jewelry and I was picking <laughs> fast. And I was great though. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like take a breath, step back from, cause that's just as important. Yeah. Um, cause that helps you not be crazy. Cause I think that's where craziness comes from is that you you forget how to turn it off because you do have to sacrifice yourself and become someone else if that's a type of performer and actor you want to be you know there's a big difference between being an actor being a movie star doing you know you know what i mean mm-hmm. like are you playing yourself or are you yeah you well know? that's yeah and there are very different and i think that's 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 like it's either one is fine you know if oh, there's if there are characters who if there are if there are actors who just you know, feel comfortable kind of being, mm-hmm. bringing what they bring to the table as, you know, because that's you, I mean, I guess you learn too that, um, you know, that, that I, and you'll be able to speak to this better than I can in terms of the technicalities of it, but the idea of <clears throat> becoming someone different mm-hmm. versus the sort of school of thinking that's like, they're all you, they're all a little piece of you mm-hmm. just blow up this one piece of you and I think in especially working in television, like for someone like me, I just now I sort of have to think on those terms mm-hmm. because that's how that's that's not true. I choose to because I'm not a fighter. <laughs> I'm just like, a oh, work sounds good. Sure. I like being funny. Do you know what I mean? But like, I'm not right. fighting actively, like saying, you know, why don't people think I can play this? I sure. can play this. It's more just like, well, if I'm going out for sitcoms, like I'm not surprised that the range that is assumed I have mm-hmm. is limited to, well, I saw her in this, this, and this. I don't really think she's this person. She's more of a this person. I'm more accepting of that than probably I should be. Um, no, I don't think but it's so just at a all. Tw- but like, you know what I'm saying? So if you were just like, then you start, then I start looking at it that way rather than being presented with something that's so far outside of mm-hmm. my Janet, what I bring into a, like an audition room as a mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. Um, that I kind of almost have to be like, how does this work again? Like, how do I, I know this is what I studied, you know, I should be able to become Brad Pitt in an interview with a vampire. I got to really like reconnect with that, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so when I get asked to audition for something that's like a real character, mm-hmm. it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. It's so fresh mm-hmm. because it actually takes more work than yeah. just like oh okay so this is a woman in her 30s who's you know creative and silly and, and all i need to do is break down the beats yeah. and, and, and make like, sure exactly. that i get the punchline okay, i don't have to but that's, you know, but that's but. beautiful too you know like uh being a, a technical actor is something that i think is really important which is a lot more prevalent in 
TV as opposed to feature and especially as opposed to independent feature. And what's great now is a lot of feature directors are wanting that technical actor, the one who comes in, knows the mark, has everything down, and then on top of that has the talent. You know what I mean? Because you get a tendency with actors who you know, do a lot of indies and stuff like that. They love to improvise. They're all over the place. Like the truth is like that isn't artistic. That's sloppy. Mm-hmm. And directors are realizing that and they aren't liking that. Well, because everything costs money. And that's what I think is that that's the hardest. And by the way, this is not a podcast about the business, but like it's, it's, it's such a part of your teenagerhood that I'm really, <laughs> it, I think I'm fine. Right. I find it totally fascinating. We'll get away from it. But yeah, but like, <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, the, the idea that, like that is the number one hardest thing about this business is the amazing amount of super creative people who think with their hearts, mm-hmm. you know, who are not, and the laziness thing totally plays into it. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, in a situation like that, where one type of person comes here thinking of it just as art and just as the opportunity to mm-hmm. sort of be that, you know, kid imagining, which I have a, there's a big part of me that's that, mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, uh, no, this is a money driven business. Mm-hmm. This is totally mm-hmm. like, you know, can you open a movie? Can you this? Yeah. How much does your insurance cost? Because you're a drug addict. And if the <laughs> show has to shut down, it costs this much. Right. And you know what I mean? Like all of that stuff that boy, they're just two. There's like these very different chunks of people working in this business Mm -hmm. it's no wonder that like some of them hate each other you know what i mean it's no wonder that a line producer is like please don't get me started on actors i loathe them exactly versus an actor being like i if i have one more network suit tell me that i blah 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 you know what i mean you can go to those polarities yeah and that's not helping anyone it's just so silly i find that very silly because we all need each other to do this Mm -hmm. um and i think that that's really the most wonderful thing about Hollywood and about making movies and TV and entertainment in general, I guess, is the teamwork. And I think when we stop remembering and stop focusing on that, that's when things fall apart. I think that's when we see great shows fall apart and uh, franchises or even just regular movies. Um, That's really probably my favorite thing about this is teamwork and feeling like not necessarily with a big family. I've never felt that way. Um, but knowing that we're all working towards a common goal and that this all matters to all of us. Well, I think that's a very mature outlook too. Cause if you think of it as a big family, then there's the opportunity for like a lack a of professional. Pers- yeah, exactly. it, gets, it gets a little too personal. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and you know what, if you didn't have a, a strong family unit on your own, like if you didn't have your mom out, if you didn't have a relationship mm-hmm. with your parents in that way, mm-hmm. then you might be seeking that familial support yeah which is just another wrong thing yeah and that's and i think that's a a flaw of the artist too and and that's a great thing artists are flawed that that is our job and i think if you want to find a family um as an artist if you want to keep that inner child alive which i think is very important find classes that matter to you Mm. find a school that um that can be that family like i'm working at a place now called the new collective that really feels like that and i'm i'm allowed to just play to just Mm -hmm. be that child because like we said you can't do that on set like that isn't the place to do it but there are places right you know what i mean like you find those places like even if it's just i don't know doing groundlings or sure anything else um but you know getting away from not necessarily you know audition technique and things like that like those are great classes and i think as actors you should always be studying and just keeping fresh but even more than that doing um 
you know, more eclectic stuff. Like I'm again studying animal technique right now because obviously that's my favorite thing to oh, do. Oh, it's so cool and though. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that just going back to that for a second too. Yeah, this idea of getting into your body. I mean, that was something that um really got drilled into me in by one of my teachers mm-hmm. in college because like I'm very cerebral, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so he kept assigning me scenes that were just like very physical mm-hmm. and very, you know, like not honestly like not educated characters. Like he really right. wanted me to just sort of get out of my head. Yeah. You know, hear, you hear that a lot mm-hmm. especially if you're um a really analytical person, like mm-hmm. you were saying, you know, you get so solipsistic that you're like, let me think of that. Like, let me think about all of this. Yeah. And at a certain point, it's so important to just kind of know that like, you're never going to have a problem of not thinking enough about something. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why not just like, <laughs> let some of that fall away yeah. and try to just be a person or be an animal or be a creature or whatever. Exactly. It's so interesting. So, uh, and just, you remind me s- siblings. Mm, I have, uh, three brothers and a sister my sister is married and has three beautiful little girls. Mm. Um, very precocious. Uh, it's actually awesome. They are, Brooklyn is the oldest. She'll be 10 soon. Uh, Addison is the middle. She's seven. And then Caitlin is the baby. She's three. And Caitlin does not want to be the baby. Okay. Yep. Caitlin mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. all about, you know, being in charge. And she's really the peacemaker. It's, I, I, I love all of them, the pieces, but it's really fun to be old enough to appreciate watching that Caitlin. dynamic and well, the yeah. dynamic and especially watching Caitlin grow up. Cause I, I did, I did miss out on watching Brooklyn and Addison grow up because God, I was so young. You know, I was, I think I was 12 or 13 when Brooklyn was born, mm-hmm. you know? I, yeah. I was like 11. Mm-hmm. I was 11 when Brooklyn was born. And you, you, you know, you're so all over the place. You're constantly thinking when, when you're that age, or at least I was that I was never really present. Like mm-hmm. even now being present is, is a difficult thing for me to do. Um, but anyway, so those are those three and they're amazing. And then, uh, my brother Thomas is married and, uh, I love his wife. She's fantastic. And they have a little boy who's two, not two yet. He's one and a half. I think he's one and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, his name is Thomas. Oh my God. Just so smart. So damn cute. My, what did my father say? He was, he was over at the house and they're playing trains because as a lot of little boys do, sure. Thomas loves playing with trains and he knows all the trains. I mean, his name's names. Thomas. His name is Thomas. Yeah. He must've felt that was very significant for exactly. him. Exactly. Yep. So they're playing and all of a sudden, uh, my dad said that we call him Tommy two shoes. Mm-hmm. Tommy two shoes runs out of the room, goes into his bedroom and comes out with a conductor hat on. Okay. All right. Everybody. It's like, oh, That's pretty great. Pretty awesome. But yeah, it's, it's wonderful watching children grow up. And are you the baby? I am the baby. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you guys moved out here. Oh, I'm sorry. And then there's Joshua. My other brother. Oh, sorry. Has a no, boy. I, that's no, my bad. No, that my was bad. my fault. My other, and it's quick. My other brother, Marcus, uh, has a son named Joshua who's, um, should be, I think he should be around three soon. And he's equally adorable and the biggest smile you've ever seen. So when you, and so, so those guys were old enough that when you guys all, when you guys moved out here, your mom and your dad and you, everybody else was like in college or yeah yeah yeah. my my mother is the only one who moved out here with me oh right sorry sorry yeah my father his business had started and so he came out he came out then uh once a month and stayed for about a week cool um every time which was great um because my father and i are extremely close i'm very much a daddy's girl um if my mom and i hadn't had this time we wouldn't have had a relationship Mm -hmm. i remember telling her that when i was 16 or so um just thanking her for coming out and even if nothing had worked out, now I feel like I know her and 
I remember she actually got pretty upset about it because she was like, I was there. I didn't know. You didn't feel like we didn't have a relationship. And I was like, yeah, there was really, Mm. if anything, I kind of resented my mom for a long time because she would work. My mother was an anesthesiologist, so she worked all the time. And I was always with my dad on like Boy Scout trips and all this stuff because my dad had a scout troop. Uh, And it was just, every day was fun. Every day was an adventure. And I remember, I think I was 10 or so, my mom went into tried to do early retirement i was so mad i just thought she was taking my best friend away the idea Mm. that they were married or in love none of that applied like she was taking my best friend away Mm -hmm. um so thank god that retirement didn't last long (laughs) (laughs) it was the best gift she ever could have given you (laughs) (laughs) so you know um so it's been great and in a lot of ways, you know, and also very bittersweet because I'm I miss my dad every day. Um, I definitely don't see him enough. Uh, he's really the best father. And I can't think of anything further from being an actor, maybe than being an anesthesiologist. Further, but just as artistic. Yeah, um, that work is really. It's a beautiful science. And what's interesting, because they are so different, but my mother and I are so similar in that um, when she was growing up, <laughs> um, her best friend's parents owned a pharmacy. So they could play with all the drugs, like from Hell <laughs> and, and my mother told me b- before she knew, she didn't know what she was doing, but they would put frogs to sleep. Oh, wow. And then, like, wait till they woke up. Like, they knew. And I asked her when I was like, well, how many did didn't you know didn't come back yeah. and she was like my track record has always been perfect <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect she also was into animals into uh, animals becoming humans so early without really knowing because mm-hmm. like, she's like i had no idea what anesthesia was i just knew that i liked doing this thing isn't that so interesting it's really bizarre so wow. in that way we are identical we yeah. both knew Without really understanding of this, like inherent foundational kind of understanding, yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, anesthesiology. I mean, that's boy, that's a that's like so vitally important. Well, thank God for it. So vitally important yeah. to like the entire way our medical practices evolved, mm-hmm. and a, like a very different, interesting responsibility than the person who's making the incision, yeah. you know, and pulling the gallbladder out or what have you. <laughs> right. But like how incredibly talk about teamwork. Holy smokes. Another thing that, that that's another yeah. thing that my mother and I really value is teamwork. And that's why she loved her job. And that's like I said, why I really love mine. Yeah. Uh, but I tell you, there's, there, there are a few people better than her at uh, breaking down a script. Like I mm. always have her mm. look at them, uh, after after I look at it, uh, yeah. just to get a different perspective on it, because the things she thinks about, I just would never think about in a mil- in a million years. Because oh, wow. we're very so cool. What is that like? A, as similar as we are, we're very much the opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah. So that's been a huge blessing. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that, that's been a huge blessing. Does she? And so when you guys uh, travel together. How much, like, because now you're at this kind of critical age, and shout out to your mom if she listens to this, I think she's a great lady. How that, I think we talked about it, uh, too, a little bit in Chicago, but the the thing that gets kooky, right, when you have somebody who's, you know, you're working at such an early age with all these adults, right? Mm -hmm. That's a huge difference for a young person in this business versus, you know, just being in school with Mm -hmm. a bunch of kids. And that's like pretty much who you interact with. Um, And that that kind of can foster more and more maturity because you understand 
how to speak to somebody who's 70 well, years older than you, who's 20 years older, yeah, how, to, how to be an equal in that way. Sure. You know? I mean, I never, I never thought of myself as a, as an equal, but a lot of that does come from, like I said, like I was with my dad on these scouting events constantly and his troop, they were all, they were all teenagers, but you know, there were a ton of other scout masters around. My dad was a, uh, the cook when we would go to the big camps his name was much Sachkachtun, which means the great cook wonderful uh, and so I was constantly around adults as a kid and so not just my okay. my dad's friends um, but also my mom's colleagues and friends as well I didn't I never spent time really with kids my own age like either I was playing with my brother's friends who you know my brother is god you know over 10 years older than me mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um, and not to say I didn't have a few that were my age but I literally had a few meaning like Two. Right. And they were both extremely intelligent and are both doing extremely well now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of that was just with my growing up as well. So I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, no, no. I'm glad to, to clarify all that because that, that makes a lot of sense, um, too, in terms of, like, you coming into this business and feeling a comfort level in mm-hmm. that way as well. But, um, you know, the difference between you being you know, now you are not a teenager Mm -hmm. and that's just an interesting, like bless both of your hearts, right? Because she's still (laughs) such a part of your life. Mm -hmm. And, but that's a really interesting close transition to make in such a unique set of circumstances Mm -hmm. as you are both in. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I'm not asking you to like tell tales out of school, but, uh, but I just been like, well, yeah, I just, I just think, um, I just think that's a, that's just a particular challenge because it's just not it's not dissimilar from someone who continues to live at home through college. Right. I mean, there's I think a lot of us have had experiences like that. Yeah, but it's just interesting. The only to, thing that's really different about that, um, in which I've explained, in which thankfully if a few years ago really sunk in with with my mother, um, is that. Because that's how she would compare it to. She's like, well, you know, a lot of people live, you know, when they're going through school. And I was like, yeah, but they don't live in a house that they're paying for and on yeah, the money that no, they're making. So you know, there's a difference. Absolutely. Um, and that was really hard for her uh, and for us to talk about. And that took a few times. Like, I remember um, on my 20th birthday, uh, I had met this guy and my mother and father had put this great dinner together. And I went to the dinner and it was great. And I went and saw a movie with a friend after. And then I had my friend drop me off at this at uh, the Troubadour uh, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. meet up with this guy. And my mom is calling me and she's like, Molly, you just need to get home. This just isn't appropriate. It's midnight. You need to get home. <laughs> and I was like, mom, I'm going to be out. I've been, t- I've been warming you up. Cause that's the thing with my mom. You got to warm her up for like uh-huh. a week. So I warmed you up. You knew I was doing this. And she's like, well, uh, I just, I'm not comfortable with it. And at the time I didn't have a pedestrian gate. I just had my big gate that um, blocks my property. And I was like, well, I don't have my gate opener with me. So I need you to leave the gate open for me so I can get in when I get home. She's like, no, I'm not going to leave it open. And so I paused and I was, I remember being so proud of myself um, because without any tone, without getting into it, I was just like, mom, it's my house. You have to leave the gate open. There's this pause. And she was like, fine. (laughs) And hung up and I had a great night. Um, Uh, It was a fantastic night and the gate stayed open. uh I got in just fine. But uh, it's, it's little things like that. And really just an understanding that um, I want her to be here. And I know that she feels like she still needs to be here and we just have to respect each other and um, be open and honest with each other. And we really, we really are. And a lot of people would say, I guess to a fault, but I think that's kind of a, a silly phrase. Um, she has to know everything that's going on with my life to understand what I'm doing. Um, because I don't want 
to hide anything from her because then I feel like I can't talk to her. And if she's supposed to be my counsel, if that's why she wants to be here, then she has to allow me to feel comfortable talking about things. And that's why, like in Chicago, I was having boyfriend issues. And I remember telling her a couple of days ago, I was like, you know, I wish you could have let me be more in charge of my relationship because I felt like I couldn't say anything to you because I felt like you were so against it that mm. none of your advice would be um, even or, uh-huh. or equal. Yeah, that wouldn't be unbiased, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Which and, is, um, a, again, another like thing every parent goes through, right? When they're trying to sort of, that you want to have like an open mind about mm-hmm. something that your child's doing, but you feel this attachment. You know, I was just, um, well, I'll just say really quickly because I'm interested in it because I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. I was talking to someone that I had podcast and then there was a totally surprising um, situation with the uh, file that got sent in that totally got corrupted and like it's gone forever. Mm. So I'm sure we'll record again. But she was talking about having kids and she said, um, she was like, you just don't. And by the way, how many times do we roll our eyes in our entire lives when someone's like, you don't understand until you're doing it. And we'll know that like you will continue to hear that till the day you die yes. because everyone has always had more experience than you because there are people mm-hmm, older than us. Mm-hmm. But she was like, you know, uh, when you have a child, it literally as a mother, especially feels like you have every right to be involved because that is a piece of yes. you. It yeah. is not, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's literally, it's, I mean, if you're if, uh, adoption, obviously you can maybe make a different argument as a mother, <laughs> you'll make a different kind of argument, but as a person who naturally birthed your child, mm-hmm. you have, she's like, I, she's like, you can't control it. You actually feel like your atoms were split mm-hmm. and you are existing in two places at once. Yeah. You are existing in your child's body and you're existing in your body. Mm-hmm. And you kind of feel like you get to say, I don't like him. Yeah. I'm I'm there too with you guys on that date and I do not want to be there. Do you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. it was a really interesting way of describing it. It's like one of those aha things where you're like, oh yeah, of course that makes sense. But no one had ever said it to me in that way. Yeah. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so you're, that really is like an itch you can't not scratch, yeah. right? You know, it's like, I can't imagine how hard it would be as a parent to well, just hold your tongue and be like, mm, you well, really like this person? Okay, okay. Yeah, well, especially when you have as bad of a track record as I do. Like, oh, no. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't bring home, you know, uh, gold stars um in the dating department and that's fine i've always been very open with that because i very much i like eclectic different people and a lot of them they're people that i really don't have anything in common with mm. and i'm just kind of because you're you're interested you're like a studier of people exactly. not to be well, too I, clinical about it but exactly you're interested what in what's not you and you're interested yeah. in what motivates people mm-hmm, especially if you mm-hmm. can't see it right away yeah so trying to get that through to your parents is just impossible you can't um and my parents have been they've been so open-minded and so we every now and then have talks like that but um we never have a fight that we don't resolve immediately um we never sleep angry which i guess is kind of something that you say when you're a couple but it's a partnership Um, right it is very much a partnership it's absolutely a partnership i think it's like that with any two people who are that intertwined Mm -hmm. in their kind of day-to-day and decision making and trust and all that kind of stuff yeah and it's and it's hard and it's hard to think you know she's she for the past for the past year or so has been going like back and forth. Like, uh, she's God kind of barely here, unfortunately. Um, and it's funny cause I do say, unfortunately for a long time, I was very much looking forward to it. And then when you realize that, um, someone that you very much love and, and depend on is, 
is gone. You know, it makes all that time you had a lot more sweeter and it makes the fight seem, you know, a I lot think I, more I feel stupid. like we even talked about that too because I remember um, when we were talking about it, I was like, you know, it's going to be so great and bittersweet when you get to miss her. Yeah. You know, which oh, is I very true her. for, you know, and I feel yeah. that way about, that's one of the great things about when you do kind of um, split off from your parents at whatever age that happens. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you don't come back together and, you know, mm-hmm. we've all in different parts of our lives had the closeness or the slight more separation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to have that feeling of, Oh God, I, w- I actually wish I saw her more yeah. instead of, you know, the sort of adolescent feeling that a lot of us go through where we're like, I can't wait to get out of here. Exactly. You know, it's very human. And there should be that feeling, right? You shouldn't yeah. be like, well, I can't not ever be with her. You know, yeah. like that's, that's part of the evolution of, you know, adulthood too. Yeah. But. And, you know, the thing is like, there's not, there isn't anything that I can't do. And that's been that way, you know, even when she was here, you know, since, since I was really 18, like there wasn't ever any... I never felt like I wanted her to leave because there was, I would just be doing the same thing if she's here or not. There was nothing. And, and it was both of us. It was that when I really want to do something, I'm, I'm going to do it, even if it's a terrible idea. And even if everyone's telling me not to do it, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, and other stuff, it just, she gets it. Like, it's really a, it's really a cool relationship. It's only when I date someone that it's, it's up in arms. So the next relationship I have will definitely be, um, ways away. Mm-hmm. And when I've been by myself for a while and who knows, maybe it'll be an actual real one, not a case study, but well, we'll I see. Hate to, and <laughs> listen, again, I hate to pry, but I, I really sparked to what you said and what, well, obviously I immediately was like, is it because you're interested in people? Like, yeah. obviously I can relate to that. Um, so what, when you, not to, I don't mean for you to be like, I'm going to name all of these people oh, or whatever, not, but what, um, <laughs> what, where, where, do you feel like you understand that about yourself and feel like you need to actively change that? Or do you feel like it's a part of who you are and you need to find a way to make that work into something long term? Like, what? Because you're also young enough that it's not like, you know, you're 35 and you've married three men. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. For three years at a time yeah. and it was just a mess. Like, you're also allowed to have. To sort of be still figuring all that stuff out. Sure. And, and you know, not not all of them have, have been a case study. Um, my first boyfriend when I was, I think I was 16. I was 16. And we were together for about two years. Um, I was very much in love with. And, yeah, um, that's a long time for every time someone says they have a long term relationship in their teens. I'm always like, whoa. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, and it was wonderful. And it was beautiful. And I was very much infatuated. Um, uh, thank God it didn't work out. But... I was in love and my, and my heart was definitely broken. And so that kind of led to a string of not really being in love with anyone and purposely not dating people that I, I could love, mm, unfortunately. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's, that's really the best way to explain it. Uh, I really like people that are and this kind of will sound weird, but that are talented. I love meeting potential. I love, that's a better way to put it. I love potential. Mm -hmm. So, uh, with people that I've dated, whether they've been screenwriters or directors or, um, you know, drummers, guitarists, it doesn't matter. Like people that have had unique talents. Like I really love to foster that, um, which is probably another similar, similar thing between my mother and I, she loves to foster that stuff. And, and so do I, but that, that hasn't really worked out because a lot of people tend to resent that, especially if you're younger, because you can't help but date, even if it's just a little older, mm-hmm. you know, there's still a little resentment there. Um, 
But you know, so that's we'll, so basically we'll what to, to, to read between the lines. It sounds like you're saying you are in a place where obviously you're none of us are ever stopping growing or stopping learning or stopping mm-hmm. developing well, you but you be. but but in terms of the way this business regards success mm-hmm. on that level you are you're doing it you're already doing it you know what i mean <laughs> sure. and so if you're interested in people who are still growing that are you saying that there's a little bit of like a, a oh resentment. great i'm yeah i'm struggling still and that's and that's a very roller coastery feeling and for you to be in a more stable place Maybe. it can be hard on both sides to see you know, the resentment of like, how dare you not be struggling like this? Don't you know how hard this is for me? I would would hope not, but you're probably right. I've come to terms with my last relationship, just realizing that, you know, he did think he was smarter than me. Like a a lot of people that I've tried to date seriously, I end up breaking up with because they want to change me for some reason, which is, which is such an odd thing. Cause I would never, my one thing, what I tell all my girlfriends is, um, when you're looking to date someone, if you're looking at them and you go, oh, they'd be great if they did this or if they changed this, this and that, do not date them. You yeah. cannot change another human being. Like, take them for what they are. Yeah. And if that works for you, then then great. And that's very much how I am. I never go into a relationship trying to change people. Um, I go into a relationship trying to help when I can, you know. Um, but I haven't met that. I haven't met my helper. Mm. I'm, I'm looking for my helper. Right, so. right, right. I, and I hope I do. I mean, I... It's funny. I, I love children. Um, I very much wanted to marry my first boyfriend um, very seriously. And it wasn't pie in the sky. Like I really wanted to. Uh, and it's funny, you know, you hear people saying like, oh, children aren't fun when they wake up screaming at four in the morning type of thing. And I remember telling my mom not too long ago, I was like, I will relish every scream. Yeah. Like I've always wanted children because I understand children, you know, since since I was very little, you know, it's not just my siblings that have had kids, all my cousins. Like I grew up when, when you're the 10 year old, you're watching the two year olds and you're, you know, sure. There's, there's so many babies around constantly in my yeah. family. And I was really the one who, who just loved that, who, who relished holding them and, and watching them. Uh, and it's scary to think, um, and I've been thinking about this, uh, recently that I, I may be that person who really wants it and who never gets it. You and are, it is so uh, charming to hear you say that I at think your I age. say that because I've always done everything before my age. And mm-hmm, not not mm-hmm. a lot before my age, but enough in advance that the idea now that I haven't met someone, um, <laughs> you know, make, makes me think that. Yeah. And, and I have kind of been coming to terms with it. Like, you know, I will deal with what comes and it is kind of silly. Like but I admit listen, that. And but- also like, I don't, I mean, people still, again, it never goes away. People who are older than you never stop that. Like I said, I'll be around a, because same thing. We're right. in this business, yeah. right? Where I have a friend, you know, if I'm with Lorraine Newman, who, mm-hmm. who you know, for example, who's 60, mm-hmm. if I say something like, I don't know, I guess I'm just never going to, whatever it is, she will laugh and she doesn't, she does not think of herself as smarter or she she sees me as an equal, 100%. It's just something she can't not do because she's been around longer on the earth, which is great and I respect it, Mm -hmm. but it still happens no matter what. You always will have someone who's like, oh, bless your heart, you're a spring chicken. Listen to you saying this, never, this, never, (laughs) this, never. You know, and so I don't mean it in any way in a condescending way because I, like you, have had people who've been older than me my whole life, you know, that I was like, this is a dear friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, there's, they're sort of my aunt ish or yes, Mm -hmm. you know, this person is, is sort of a, whatever that figure is, you know, um, 
But it doesn't mean that I don't still feel like like that person would still call me and say, "Ugh, I just had the worst day." Da, da, da. It's not yeah. just like a one way street. I you know, totally but. see what you're saying, and it's funny that you want to make sure that I don't feel that you're being condescending because I've never. I mean, yeah, I've been around older people my entire life, and I've dealt with this every single day of my yeah. entire life, <laughs> and uh, it's it, I've never taken it that way. Um, I I realize that it's a sign of loving and a sign of friendship uh, because that's what you do when you love and you want to be friends with someone like you, you share your advice and with age, you know, there comes more life experience. Yeah. And if I'm lucky enough to be around those people, then of course I want to soak it up. And also like at the end of the day, what is the alternative that you want the person who's been around 20 years longer or 30 years longer, or even 10 years longer to go? I'm glad you see that. Yeah, exactly. Because it's true. Yeah. I'd say the chances are zero. That yeah. You're gonna, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Like, no one wants that. Exactly. It's great to have someone go, I don't know about that yet, you know? Yeah. I think all that works out uh, the way it's meant to. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. How ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just imagining if someone did do that. Yeah, Molly, that's... Uh, I'm really well glad. Up. I would... I would have, uh, I would just have everything tied. Yeah, I would just exactly. have everything tied now. Go ahead, just, just kill your up. dreams. Yeah. Sew it up. <laughs> Sew it on up. <laughs> Stitch it on up. Um, all right, listen, I'm going to get into some mash because okay. I feel like I have a lot of uh, things kind of brewing in my mind um, okay. that, uh, that I'm going to throw in here. Um, the first one is going to be uh, a classic, but I feel it applies for you and you'll relate to it. Um, three movies from any time period that you wish were like a real world that you could just jump into and get all over you and be in. Lord of the Rings. Great. Great. Oh, my God. Are we going to Hobbiton? Yes. Are you so excited? You're staying extra. I'm not staying extra. Oh, that sucks. I know. Well, because I've done this. I've done a lot of this before i've never been to sydney mm-hmm. but i've been to wellington and mm-hmm. auckland yeah, and since too. we're leaving there since we're, we're ending there i think also i'm just going to be gone so much i think in my head it, well also, i think you're being super lame i think you need to stay at the three well, extra days i don't know why days. i didn't just say this to begin with because you will understand this implicitly but that is exactly the production time of you're the worst which is your show i'm on so i already had to say oh, that's we right i forgot shoot. you were on that show well because we block shoot i still i already have to oh, say of like course. i can't be there for those 10 of days course. so you can't shoot anything that i'm in yeah. so of course i can't do it for a long period of time i don't know why i was like well here's all the reasons like in the back of my mind i was like wait yeah, no, well, i feel like there's a really practical that's, work reason i can't stay longer yeah but um yeah hobbiton Ugh, i just talked about that with rebecca watson who just uh did the podcast because she also has a love of lord of the rings and we had the conversation of like don't look inside well here's what i was the, about to, right have you been to well, the hobbit holes before here, well, here's what i was to tell you I, I worked in new zealand for about six weeks years ago and it was great i purposely did not go to hobbiton mm. um and i to be honest, I probably won't this time. Uh, that'll kind of take away. Like, I don't want to go to Hogwarts. I really right. don't want to go to. Right. I, I have no interest. Like, yeah. I've seen what they've created and I loved it, but I still have my own idea in my mind. And that's, that's the world that I. I respect that. So I like much. to be in. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So the other one would be La Dolce Vita. Okay. Great. Uh, and then the third. Hmm. Oh, God. I have I have so many great answers for this um by the way 10 of which you will be driving away going like oh what did i say that but that's one. part of the exercises i think it kind of stimulates those like synapses in our brains and i like the idea that you carry that with you for the day kind Me of too. thinking like oh my god oh that reminds me of this movie i haven't seen in a long time or whatever but this is the improv part of it where it's like how's moving castle 
Okay. Next category is three people from any time, any place, but real people Mm -hmm. uh, that you wish could be a mentor. Okay. Uh, Josephine Bonaparte. Uh, Did you read that book? Which one? I don't remember. Are you talking about the series? They wrote a series based on her. Yes. I think I only read the first one. Oh, you but gotta finish them. Did I read more than one? It was like right when they came out, and it's like it goes from like her really early life, yeah, and all the way through. Yeah, they're maybe they're I did. Brilliant. You know what? I remember her like well through the Napoleon sort of. She separated from him in this. Like I read for sure. Well, he separated from her. Yeah. So I can't. So ask. I must have read more than one. Yeah, I think maybe you read all of them. Go. Maybe I did. <laughs> um, Boudica. And the third would have to be, um, they have to be real. Yeah. Elizabeth Taylor. Great. Okay. Um, next category will be three skills that you wake up with tomorrow that you are just impeccably great at, like Matrix style, your brain downloaded that information. You wake up and you're like, I know Kung Fu. Okay, um, French. Great. Um, I love all the skills I have. I'm trying to think. Of that. <laughs> um, I would love to be a violin virtuoso. Like, does that count? Like, even though I play, absolutely. like, I would like to be a lot no, better absolutely. at it. Okay. Um, and rock climbing. Sure. We'll just go ahead and we'll just throw that out there. I would also love to be great at that and feel totally fearless about it. Yeah. Well, I guess some fear is probably what keeps you alive. But listen, <laughs> listen, in this match world, you can be fearless and be totally safe. I love rock climbing. I grew up doing it. But, oh, it's great. You know, I never yeah. did like a like massive, you know, not without ropes and stuff. Like I'm yeah. thinking like ropeless. Free, you know, yeah, going free up there. ropeless. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have some fear attached to that. All right. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. Okay, next category will be, um, I'm going to jump into this uh, this one because now I'm curious who you'll say. Um, uh, it can be totally age inappropriate in the sense that like, Ooh, I have to be honest I and say question. I had a huge crush on, I mean, like these guys know that like when everyone loved Michael J. Fox when I was a kid, I like wanted to marry Kevin Klein. Nice. So okay. there's no judgment on that. Um, uh, three people ideally people that someone would know who they are um from any time and it can be also like this person at this age do you know what i mean if you if you want that okay three um now this could be a romantic encounter or it could be like alternate universe uh, companion that you spend your life with whatever you want so three men that are Mm -hmm. real Mm -hmm. um (laughs) if they're from if they're from uh fiction i'm totally open for that i I Totally. i definitely have three real ones um Okay. Um, uh, Willem Dafoe. What a sizzler. Oh, he's so sexy. I don't even know what I meant by that, but you knew. I totally knew what you meant. I mean, yeah. you seem wild at heart, right? Yeah, that movie was a big deal for me. Like, when it came out, I saw it multiple times in the theater. I really was, like, very fascinated by that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Uh, good. Uh let me think. Um, God, that's such a specific character. 
Uh, danger, danger, danger. Yeah. Uh, I, I have so many rolling around in my head. Like, like here's something. Like, I don't want to be with Gary Oldman. I want to be with Gary Oldman as Dracula. I totally get it. And I'm okay. putting that down. Okay. Um, uh, because there was a time when I would have said that I wanted to be with uh, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> okay, good. Good. <laughs> so I get terrible. that. But I get it. Oh, God. It just has to do with, like, I think when you're... Especially when you're, if you're somebody who sort of like is fascinated by stuff and isn't necessarily looking at it as literally as like, of course I want to have sex with someone who eats people. Like it's not that. It's the representation of, especially when you're an adolescent, I think. Um, but for many of us, like they stay attached. If mm-hmm. you're speaking of fantasy anyway, you're not going to go out and like marry someone who's in prison. Mm-hmm. I would hope, I guess, but I'll do respect to all of my prisoner listeners. I'm not sure I have. <laughs> uh, but that the da- like the 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 adrenaline of intoxicating, like sexy, scary, dangerous yeah. is like a real thing. I oh, mean, there's, I'm all into it, you know. Um, and then Jafar, <laughs> amazing boy. I don't know what I thought you would say is the last one, but I'm <laughs> absolutely delighted. Uh, okay, great. Um, next one, uh, perennial favorite of mine, sadly, three foods that are not great for you, but that you can have at the snap of a finger with zero physical ramifications, no matter what. It's almost like it's good for you. Lay's potato chips. Fantastic. Um, mint slices, which is a cookie out of Australia that I adore. And then, oh God. Tater what tots. is a mint? What is a sorry? Now I need okay. to know what a uh, what a, a mint slice. Mint slices. Does it have chocolate involved, or it's, is it? It's you know like um like a like a yeah it is it like a tr- trying, like a, so the Girl Scout cookie that's yeah, a wafer. But it's so much better. Uh-huh. Like it's mm-hmm. it's an extremely thin wafer, mm-hmm. a huge pile of mint mm-hmm. on top of it. I'm talking about like a thick like an inch's worth of like mint yeah and then it has like a melted chocolate coating around the whole thing okay uh, it sounds almost like a peppermint patty but it like is, creamier but with the crunch with imagine of the just little a little bit of crunch. wafer sounds great they're so good we will eat them when we are in, in australia sounds like it has gluten in it uh, that would make me very sick <laughs> um you However, know i changed my mind and pa- popper deli pasta would be the next one okay yeah. what was what did you ch- say that i interrupted Oh, tater tots. Oh, and I was oh, like, I already God. said one potato. So I'm I just know, but throw tater it out. tots are like. I mean, I eat tater tots all the time. All the things I just said, I eat all the time. Well, great. Wait, can you put drinks? Can we put booze? Sure, <laughs> sure. I'm gonna put the. You know what? That'll just be the next category. Okay. <laughs> okay, booze it up. Um, uh, amaretto sours. Uh, champagne. I don't know if I've ever had an amaretto sour. Oh, we're gonna go get amaretto uh, sours and uh, lemon drops. Oh yeah, that's a tasty one. Martini, not shot. Martini. I made the I very carefully made sure to put that. Good. Okay, uh, so the 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 we kind of touched on this with the um with the first category of like movies that you can jump into and just be in, mm-hmm. but I'm also gonna go with um, real or imaginary places that you actually have a house. Like you you that is like your second home. It's like okay, this is where I will be spending. All of the time that I'm not in Los Angeles. And you said real or Real or imagined. Okay. Well, one that is very real um, that I am actually trying to work on. I would love a home right on the slopes at Deer Valley. Okay. Great. Uh, Rivendale. Yeah. So twinkly and glowy. Oh, it's just so beautiful. Uh, Peaceful. Yeah. And then... 
I mean, there there are so many places. Um, I I would really love to live in and- Andor. It's A N D O R from Wheel of Time. If you've read those books, I haven't. Um, Andor Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. What's what's is it's Wheel of Time as a series? Is it like Wheel young adult books series. or is it adult books? Oh, it's adult. Okay, um, it's by. I have a minor Robert obsession Jordan. with young adult books, like 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 more of the sci-fi than like vampire-y stuff. But okay, like I just so, love. So but anyway, like, Andor. Okay, great. So like what? Like a like I like, like a Mortal Instruments. Like a Wrinkle or? in Time is like my oh, favorite book of all time. Like anything, yeah, anything where it's like. Did you read Uglies? No, no. You would love that. It's very sci-fi. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna write that down on the back <laughs> of this mash card. Uh, okay, you're one of those. Did you just say? I did. I, 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 I thought A Wrinkle in Time was... Ex- <laughs> Never Let's mind. have it I out. won't go. Oh, no, I'm not, not going to go there. It was a long time when all I right. read it. I will tell you the one thing that stuck out in my mind was when all the kids are bouncing the balls and the one kid can't do it. Mm-hmm. Right? That's always stuck in my brain. There's just a lot of important symbolism in and that book, And I always book, think Molly. communism when I think about that part. Yes, exactly. It was like communism. Yeah. That book was just too, there was too much real information in it, I think, for me to enjoy. That's the sissy I was into that. Like, I was a huge, like, I, like, like you with the movies that you were seeing too young, I was mm-hmm. reading books with like high scientific concepts too young yeah. and was like, I don't know how this is getting in there, but like, you spit it out later uh-huh. and you're like, oh, I guess I did learn something from yeah. that. Um, totally get it. Okay, final category. Hmm, interesting. Final category is if you could replace someone, and this doesn't mean like you think you would do a better job, but in a play or a film uh, that is iconic, a character that you probably won't get to play for one reason or another, um, but maybe you will, but like, you know. No, probably not, and I probably wouldn't. Yeah. I've turned down a couple of remakes because of how great the actors were in the originals, and I'm very, very proud to say that. Yeah. Um, um, I would love to do Gloria Swanson's part in Sunset Boulevard, um, Elizabeth Taylor and, you know, a cat on a hot tin roof and, um, oh goodness. Why am I blanking on her name? Uh, gone with the wind. Scarlett Um, O'Hara. Yes. But I want to remember her name. Uh, Vivian Lee. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) What if I just give the first sound of the, okay, great. I met a guy last night who uh, said his name was Ashley. And I was like, he was very, very nice English accent went along with this. And I was like, oh, like Gone with the Wind. And he got so excited. He was like, <gasps> yes, yes, you're the only one who's put that together. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, of course. And then I realized, oh, it's probably a big deal because a lot of people over here like think it's a girl's name. Like you right, don't meet a right, lot of right. guys named yeah. Ashley and Boar, but probably in England. Yeah, there are a few. Yeah, but it's true. I don't even, you don't even hear about that that much mm-hmm. there. No, now you have like, danger and uh, uh-huh. buck and uh, apple pit i don't know yeah like, apple pit is a classic weird names now it's true it's true yeah i like the idea of going to 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 a way back name as much as coming up with something that no one's ever been named their child because it's an object or whatever i met a woman uh who had to be my grandmother's age so in her early 70s who's uh and we were in jefferson texas and her name was dreama Dreama, Dreama, Dream with an A. Yes, I've heard Dream. Like that is a it's that such is an a name. Old school name. Yeah, but yeah. it's great. Love it. Let's I love that name. Bring that back ASAP. Um, my, my grandmother's name is Florabelle, which is one of my oh, favorites. That's too. very Isn't sweet that too. That's a good. 
Like it's if you were a fairy. Exactly. I was going to say very ethereal, very (laughs) ethereal. It's great. Okay. Tell me uh, when to stop. This is how I figure out, you know, which of these you're going to end up with for your 100% guaranteed mash future. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell me when to stop. This seems extra loud. The sound of this marker. Okay. Stop. Okay. Okay. I'm going to pause this. Do some quick math. Okay. It's not math. <laughs> and come back with your uh, 100% guaranteed fictional future. Perfect. I bet you brought down the house. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is great. I'm very excited about all of this. Um, first of all, uh, I'm going to get right into it and congratulate you on your mansion in Deer Valley. Yes. Not bad. Like a beautiful, because you're a generous Snowy gal. Mansion. So you're going to be like, who wants to come and roast marshmallows with the fire? <laughs> Do a little skiing, do a little snowman building. Yes, yes. Great. Deer Valley, gorgeous. Utah's great. I'm uh, from Arizona and I mm-hmm. have um, such a fierce love for like the four corner states that I'm like kind of annoying about it. And also <laughs> don't spend any time in any of them anymore. So I can, you know, so I'm just like, yeah, but they're wonderful. It's very special, mm-hmm. but it's great. Uh, I want to congratulate you on. Oh, and also this makes a lot of sense too for the Utah area. Uh, Expert rock climber. Yay. Right. right. Those fit. Those right. totally That's not fit. not bad that I have something to do when I'm not skiing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I want you to rest assured because, of course, you didn't get Rivendale, but you get to go into Lord of the Rings whenever you want. Oh. Thus you can still visit it. So you Excellent. really kind of cheated the system on that one. <laughs> Very well played. Thank Great you. Great job. Uh, I want to... This This also works for me. This idea of you um, playing uh, Gloria Swanson in Sunset Boulevard... <laughs> And your iteration of her really enjoys an amaretto sour and yes. Lay's potato chips. Yes. <laughs> that yes. feels right on the you money. You realize that's the person I'm going to eventually become. There in you go. Life. There you go. You all have your beautiful turban and yes. your amaretto sour. And my, my cigarette holder. And your the, cigarette, my cigarette holder. holder. Exactly. Listen, it's, I'm excited that we're getting there a little sooner than planned. Um, and then uh, advice-wise... Um, I'm very excited that you did get uh, Josephine Bonaparte. Oh, great. You did spend the most time talking about her. Very excited. Yes, and we'll argue the whole time. I'm sure. She was a feisty. She was feisty, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last but certainly not least, your sizzling affair with Mr. Willem Dafoe. Great work, everybody. Yes. Great work. I love my life. You got a great Nash life. Uh, I welcome you to celebrate it on your drive over to get a delicious tuna melt, which sounds like nothing more I'd rather do. Um, uh, Molly, thank you so much for doing the thank podcast. You. I can't wait to be in uh, Down Under with you. We're going to have Down such Under. a good time it's drinking good. amarettos and eating yeah. potato chips. I mean, I can certainly do both of those things. No one's going to stop me. Um, uh, and then uh, uh, people can, so obviously find you on the Thrilling Venture Hour. Obviously find you on Castle. Mm-hmm. That's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, at Molly Quinn. Uh, at Molly Quinn 93. At Molly Quinn 93. Um, awesome, guys. Thank you for, uh, I was about to say thank you for enjoying the podcast. Like I'm assuming. <laughs> I know you all really enjoyed this so thank you for enjoying it and uh we'll talk to you next time as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi now leaving nerdist.com